Today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show is brought to you by Heineken. Heineken Original Lager is made with pure malt and their famous A yeast, which makes Heineken an all-season, all-the-time kind of beer. DK, have you had the Heineken in the Frosted Mug yet? I did it. You did it? I uh, watched the game last night, had a little Frosted Mug. It was as good, if not better, than what you described. So wow. thank you for that. That's so magical. I'm so happy for you. I'm glad that we can share in this experience because you know what? Everyone should experience the Frosted Mug. Everyone should experience the Frosted Mug with Heineken. It is the all-season, all-time kind of beer. So pick up a pack or have it delivered today and please drink responsibly. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I'm Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Are you guys ready to die on some hills? <laughs> That's what fantasy's all about. I'm not sure if I am ready. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm abandoning some hills today, you guys. <laughs> you're, aban- you're retreating? I'm running away from hills, yes. I watched a YouTube montage of the best, like the 40 best movie speeches in two minutes. Just to hype oh, yeah. me up for. Are like, you one of like those guys? Need- I've never been like a montage YouTube guy. Best eight fight scenes in twelve minutes. Oh, you don't like the sixteen best animal fights in thirty-seven seconds? <laughs> no, that's I don't. Not think that's that. Mongoose versus Cobra. The nine best Robert De Niro lines. I don't do. It. Well, I'm just saying that this particular one had me going because it, it starts with. You know what? You know what? I just I'm hyped up. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not abandoning my hills. All right. I'm defending my hills and I will die on them. You want to describe what that means? Oh, yeah. Right. We should probably explain. It's not a literal death. It's very much a metaphorical take death. We're going to look back at the players we feel strongly about, whether it's from the preseason or early in the season, that those guys are kind of struggling on the struggle bus, to say the least, at least tailing the struggle bus. And we're going to reassess whether we want to die on these hills or we're cutting our losses, doubling down or folding a lot of mixed metaphors, but you know what? You get the idea. <laughs> will we cut yeah. the umbilical cord on these players? Will we cut the umbilical cord or will we be Adam Gase? That is what we're trying to say. But first, we have to do a fun fact. Yes. Yeah. This is from Jonathan. Did you know sharks have been on Earth longer than trees? That just slaps you right in the face. That's in it? the it slaps you in the face. Still Jonathan writing. Sharks have actually <laughs> existed for more than 450 million years Whereas the earliest tree lived around 350 million years ago. How about that? Man, sharks are resilient, you guys. <laughs> they have grit. When the first tree fell in the woods, a shark was around to hear it. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a good one, Craig. Pete Carroll probably loves sharks because they have so much grit. They're the Julian Edelmans of the sea. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Jonathan actually also included that not only are sharks older than trees, but they're also one of the only animals to have survived four of the five mass extinctions. Wow. Which, again, that's resilience. Although the human beings are the sixth extinction, so... Sharks are the Frank Gore of the ocean. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So it also reminds me of Country Roads when it's like, older than the trees. And now every time I hear that song, I'm going to think about sharks. (laughs) But anyway, that song's ruined for me. Remember when we talked about the Greenland shark? That's like... Born in 1650. We've had multiple shark. A lot of dinosaurs and sharks on this show so far. Um, We need to expand our repertoire a little bit. We really should. Maybe it's because you have a child. Anyway, before the segment jumps the shark, (laughs) let's move on. Oh, that was good. Boom. Uh, We also want to shout out, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, you can actually go to the actual page you're listening to on right now and scroll down a little bit. And if you're special and you've been selected, this is not for everyone, but some people will have a poll where you can vote this week, it's going to be who's the QB1 rest of the season. So it's Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson. You guys can vote in the poll. So poll of us real quick. Who do you guys think is the QB1 rest of the season of those four dudes? So we're talking from now going forward, not including the first three weeks? Yes, not including the first three weeks, now through the end of the season. Or we can cut it off at week 16 because that's fantasy football. But who do you think is the number one quarterback rest of the year? I'm sticking with my Russell Wilson prediction. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Two. He was pissed that everyone was talking about Russell Wilson as MVP, and he was like, watch this, assholes. I was honestly between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, to be fair. I think it's Josh Allen. Yeah. I, I'm going to roll with Josh <laughs> you Allen. You guys are jumping they're... off this Russell Wilson thing? No, I'm with you. I, I, they're neck and neck. I just decide, well, okay. one, it just seems better if we're disagreeing. But also, the, the rushing. <laughs> the rushing is just seems just outrageous, because I, I was looking at Mike Clay has these opportunity-adjusted rankings in fantasy, which basically is how should you have scored compared to how you did. And Josh mm-hmm. Allen was negative. Josh Allen should have had more points. 
That's that's how much opportunity has. Anyway, I like Josh Allen, but please vote in that poll and listen to Spotify. If you got Spotify, please listen to your podcast on Spotify. It's better on Spotify. It truly is. It is better. If you go to, you know, there's a ringer Reddit. And if you go in there, people are like, why is everybody on the ringer talking about you go to Spotify just because of 1.2 X speed? Let me tell you something. Have you ever listened to a podcast on 1.2 X speed? It is way better. I do it all. That's that's the only thing I do. Well, because on Apple, you can only do 1.5 or 1 or 2. And 1.5 is way too fast for me because it sounds way too distorted. <laughs> and you do 1.2, you shave like 15 minutes off to, off every podcast. It's great. <laughs> and it doesn't really sound that different. Yeah. It's great. I'm with you. I Sometimes when I get really animated, I talk at 1.2 speed in real life. Yeah. See, you on yes. 1.2 is, is really like 1.4. All right. Well, yeah. Listen <laughs> to your podcast on Spotify. Vote in that poll. And then... We're going to get to some hills, but first we just have some news. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so yeah. we're kind of in no man's land on this. This show comes out Wednesday morning and there's some some Titans COVID-19 news. So the there have been nine members of the Titans organization have produced a positive test in the past four days. Three of those are players. Five were employees and there was also a coach from earlier. So that's nine. And we are just in an absolute dearth of news right now. This came out in the morning. We don't know the status of the Titan Steelers game. That could be postponed. That could be Monday Night Football. That could be Tuesday night. We have no idea what's going to happen. And we also don't know the status of the Vikings-Texans game because the Vikings played the Titans on Sunday. We have not gotten the res- we have not publicly heard the results of the Vikings situation. So with that said, we don't know exactly what the situation is. But if there does need to be some buy situation where you don't know if you're going to be able to play these players, how would you guys go about it if effectively these games are postponed? Is there anyone in particular you'd be targeting either at receiver position? We talked about some guys on waivers like Alan Lazard and people, but taking out the group of people who are just sniped on waivers in your initial round and maybe people who are still free agents on Wednesdays, is there anywhere you would want to grab or just any general notes for having a buy like this? You just got to go a little bit deeper into the waivers, right? You know, we talked about guys like, um, what I can't, I'm forgetting his name on the Bills. He filled in for when John Brown got hurt. Gabriel Davis. Oh, Gabriel Davis is an option. Greg Ward, who we talked about on last show uh, for the Eagles, is is potentially going to get a lot of volume because now Goddard is on the IR for a few weeks. And, you know, this doesn't mean you have to replace receivers necessarily because usually you have a couple guys on your bench you can fill in and you may just have to fill in with the flex spot. So you can maybe add a running back or a tight end too. Chase Claypool? You know, just Claypool. take a chance on Claypool or Miko Hardman. Yeah, look, Hardman. We talked about Hardman and, Deon- and uh, Demarcus Robinson on Monday. And Hardman blew up. Yeah. All right. So we uh, my don't question know that- for you guys. Hold on. I, I got a. I got like a fantasy commissioner question. <clears throat> so, <laughs> fantasy court. Yeah, this is fantasy court. Let's say that you know whatever you have Juju Smith Schuster. The game gets postponed till week eight, and your team loses because you didn't have Juju Smith Schuster, or what have you. And the other guy who you're playing had nobody on the COVID list, so he got he got his full roster, and you didn't. What do we do about that? If he lose, if you lose, and you're like, hey, well, maybe if I would have started Juju, I would have won. What should you do? I don't think you do anything. It's basically treating it like this guy's injured or a bye week. Yeah, yeah, but it's really unfair because the Steelers didn't contract. I mean, like the game would get canceled not for the Steelers' fault. So it's not like Juju got hurt. You can't even blame it on him. Yeah, but what what's what's your alternative? I guess, the alternative is, is, is you don't know the winner of this matchup, and you let the week eight Juju Smith Schuster game count from the one five weeks earlier, and that's oh my god, that's that's cluster. what I think you should yeah. do. That's oh, you really do. That's antithetical to that? the entire point. The entire point of fantasy football is the reason it works is because it's the rigid time schedule of it. It wouldn't be the same because. Fantasy football is fun to win. It's also fun to keep up with your friends and talk shit. And the second you take this time cycle out of the Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night games into Tuesday and you won and then it starts all over. And the second you end that, it it just becomes time is a vortex. Like the rest of the year, we all felt like time was unmoored. The second we started working from home and everything, you're going to do the same thing with you don't even know. How are you supposed to feel waking up on Tuesday and you're like, did I win? I don't know. I'll find out in a month. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, this is why there, there are a lot of considerations you wanted to take into the season with COVID. That's why a lot of leagues have more IR spots or more bench spots. I guess it's basically like you just find out that your team's bye week is now this week, last second. That's kind of like what this is. Yeah, but is. I, look, I, I think with this specific situation, I don't think you're going to be finding out an hour beforehand. And look, it's already Tuesday afternoon. We're talking about this. So you have time to prepare and you should be prepared. So, but yeah, obviously the situation sucks, but everything about this year sucks. So yeah. <laughs> be ready. Okay, so with that said, we're going to go into Dying on the Hill. We're going to look at some of our takes that we 
guys, we really felt strongly about one way or the other, and we're going to decide whether we're going to die in these hills or we're going to abandon ship. And again, <laughs> mixed metaphor galore, but you get it. So I, I like it. DK, who's a guy? Who are you bringing up to the hill? I want to start out with Odell Beckham because I think, you know, I had him overall 26th overall in half PPR. So I was clearly high on him. My wide receiver 10. I had him above guys like Kenny Galladay, Cooper, Ridley. Oof. But Cooper Cup or Amari Cooper? Uh, Amari Cooper. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, through three weeks, it's been very disappointing what's happened in terms of, you know, his output, his production. He is the wide receiver 38 currently in half PPR. And my question is, number one, do you see this getting any better? And number two, is he a type of guy that's going to, you're going to buy low on? I'll ask you guys that in a minute, but I'll answer first because this is my, this is my take. I'm out on, I'm out, I'm out on Odell Beckham. You're off the hill. I'm off the hill. I'm not going to try and defend this hill and, and defend my take that he was going to have this big like rebound season. Number one, Baker just hasn't looked as good as I thought he would. You know, he, he's improved certainly, but they are basically hiding him in this offense, which they probably should based on how he looked against Ravens. How so? One. What do you mean they're hiding him? They're not asking him to throw. Like he's had 23 throws, 23 passes in the past two games. They're doing a lot of like just bootleg, like to find reads. They're not asking him to sit back and, and drop back into the in the pocket and and make a bunch of plays. It's basically like this is our our foundation is our run game. We're gonna do what we can to mitigate you know our quarterback situation. And I'm not saying they think he's like he sucks or anything. I'm just saying he, they're not asking him to do it a lot right now. Do you think Baker has trouble reading coverages? So I, I've cited this stat a few times. I think it's indicative of kind of like the quarterback he is. Last year, he had the second most clean pocket interceptions in the NFL, which which to me indicates, it indicates he's either extremely inaccurate, which I don't think is the case, or he is having trouble reading defenses, not seeing guys that are there, forcing it too much, making bad decisions, essentially. So are you abandoning the hill because Baker is having trouble even in clean pockets and they're hiding him or because Odell isn't getting open or both? More. I'm abandoning it more because I think the upside, the ceiling for, for Beckham is just not there this year. So Beckham has 28% target share, which is elite on the year. So he's getting the targets. He's had a 40% air yard share per, per Hayden Winks at Roto World. That ranks sixth in the NFL. So his targets and and like air yard shares are all really, really strong, like top 10 numbers. And he's still the wide receiver 38. Do you see this offense changing dra- dramatically going forward? Like, are they going to all of a sudden start passing a ton, scoring a ton of points? Um, or do you see them kind of trying to do what they're doing right now, which is like lean on, lean on their two really, really good running backs and basically try and control the game like that? It's kind of the perfect concoction for Odell to not perform is the Browns team. Yeah. So I think I kind of just, that that's what I'm, I'm saying. Right? The Browns have run the ball, or they've thrown the ball 85 times in three games, which is 30th. 529 passing yards, which is 30th. And by the way, that's three more passing yards than the Jets <laughs> through three weeks. So this is a run first team. The volume is just very... It's it's questionable to me, and that caps Odell's ceiling. So what I would be doing, what I'm suggesting, is if he has, like you can't really sell low on him, or you don't. It's probably maybe not the greatest idea to sell low on him. But if he has a big game, then I would be looking to. Um, well, and this is the week to do him. it, DK. They're playing Dallas this week at Dallas. If it's a there shootout, and Odell has a big game, maybe you shop him. I think that's I think that's the play, because then go, going forward they've got. They've got it's hit and miss in terms of their schedule. They've got the Steelers, which is a really tough one. They got or they got the Colts and then the Steelers, two pretty good defenses. But what's weird is you almost want them to play good teams because if they play crappy teams and they get up, they just run the ball the whole game and Odell doesn't get a lot of targets. Yeah, yeah, that's let's, true. Let's, let's play a little name game here. Would you pl- would you trade Odell for Terry McLaurin? I mean, they're they're in the exact same boat, but I think honestly, I might trade. I might go for McLaurin in this case. Washington's offense is exactly the same. It's like there's except a really they don't have like the best run game in the league. So that's true. So I think I would go with. I think I would take McLaurin in that case. Would you trade Odell for Tyler Boyd? Ooh, that's a really good question. <laughs> Tyler Boyd right now is the wide receiver sixteen. I think I'd go Boyd because the Bengals are just throwing the shit out of the ball. Wow, really? And that's pretty impressive considering his. I mean, I feel like. His last name is Boyd, so you were like, ugh, Boyd. 
You, do you think he's one of those guys whose name is not exciting? And if his name underrated? was Lightning McQueen, he would top 10. <laughs> Lightning? What, so what do you guys movie? think? I, I want to ask what you guys think, though, on this. How, how are you feeling about Beckham right now? What's your confidence like index right now on him? Hi, Fitz. You're the Odell expert. You've been with him for a while. Odell is on the list of guys where it's... If you're talking about a trade for him, he's one of the few people who, like, people in your league have an opinion on Odell Beckham. The, whatever league you're in, right. people have thoughts. Like Gronk was in this preseason. It's one of the reasons I didn't want Gronk this year was just like, you're not going to get him at a value. Odell is either people in your league probably either think he sucks and he's overrated and they don't like him or they think he's Odell Beckham and I'm buying low so that if yeah. you do have a big game, just know the the people you're trading with and what they think of him more than anything. Exactly don't bother. Right. Like, don't go through... When you when I do a trade, so many times I go through people's teams and I'm like, oh, who's like needs match up with mine? This team needs running backs. I need receivers. Maybe we can make a deal. Don't do that with this. You should be looking at what does this person think of Odell? What does this person <laughs> think of Odell? He likes him. Okay, let me work something out with him after Odell is a big game if you want to deal with him. But to your point about the air yards, if Odell has a lot of air yards, I'm a little optimistic that maybe he'll have at least a good game in the future. But I see what you're saying where you never want someone where there are stacking overlapping layers of why they won't have a ceiling that sucks and that is someone you do want and now the name upside doesn't really match the reality of the offense so i agree that you'd probably want to sell low on him or sorry well not sell low sell middle if you can yeah wait i would say wait wait until he has a good game if you're gonna try and trade him but so dk you're off the odell hill craig (laughs) okay craig uh, i'm gonna bring some up to the hill for you okay thank you you were proudly the leader captain you built the David Johnson bandwagon with your own bare hands. You had elbow grease everywhere. It was just, there was a lot of work. Just his bare hands and brawn. Just him and Bill O'Brien out there in the sun working on this engine. Yeah. (laughs) And he's averaging 68 yards a game total. That's an amazing visual. Rushing, (laughs) just him and B.O.B. Just just 68 total yards a game. Are you dying on the David Johnson hill or are you seeking shelter? I'm dying on the hill. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I wouldn't have expected anything else. Look, he's, yeah, you're right. 68 total yards a game so far. But I, I still think he's looked good. Like, if you watch him, <laughs> he looks good. He Ian does. Harditz on Twitter, who's really good, had this David Johnson set that he's got the best force missed tackle rate since he's had, since 2015, when he had this amazing year. It's actually the same as 2015. And look, man, the Texans have played the three hardest teams in the league to play right now. They played the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers. And David Johnson averaged 68 yards a game. He's got two touchdowns in that time. He's the RB20 right now. And we had him ranked as the RB18. He's not really disappointing you that much. And going forward next week, (laughs) Vikings, Jags, Titans. I'm just saying, like, he's only been two spots lower than, than we predicted in our rankings. I think he's a buy low. Wow. So you're not worried that you you don't think he's old, washed up. I'll tell you, I'm not dying on the hill. I'm thriving on the hill. (laughs) Thriving on the hill. (laughs) DK, how do you feel about this, DK? You were never in on a David Johnson. So what do you think about this? I think that it's a fine. I I don't. I don't blame Craig, and I've I've bought into the David Johnson (laughs) thing a little bit more. I, I say I will say. When I watched him in week one against Kansas City, I was like, oh, shit. Like, what are you talking t- about? He looked good. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh. my offseason takes are di- they're, they're wilting on the vine here because he just looked awesome. I do think that... And then, the then other he played the Ravens happened. and the Steelers. Like, yeah, the, the, that's, that's a very good point. I just think the Texans' offense, man, is kind of a mess. But I think they'll probably get it together, especially against much worse competition. So, yeah, I think... You know what? I think you're right. I... I, I I should be the one like giving up my take because I was very off the David Johnson thing in the offseason. He does look good. Like he looks, he looks spry. If the RB20 is his absolute floor playing the three best teams in the league, we're doing good. Okay. So David Johnson, Craig's dying in the hill. DK maybe coming off his hill. Trade for him. I'm not, I'm not attacking that hill. I'm I'm gonna join Craig in the defense of the hill. <laughs> join me on the hill. All yeah. right. Well, speaking of one, one that I gotta wait. My, I'm keeping my powder dry and I'm not going to use it till I see the whites of their eyes, but Will Fuller. <laughs> Revolutionary war. Yeah, Will Fuller is no, the most really. controversial player in fantasy football. Will Fuller, who I, I, I just had the utmost confidence in going into the season. And it was completely and utterly undeserved from the man because he has been notoriously just the most. The only thing that's been more frustrating fantasy-wise than Will Fuller is, was the year Le'Veon Bell sat out when everyone took him in like the top five. Other than that, Will Fuller is the most frustrating fantasy person. I really believed in him because it's really simple. 
he was being drafted in the same spot he was drafted for the previous three years, but DeAndre Hopkins was gone. And it was like, you know what? This Sometimes this isn't rocket science. Like, this is the guy who scored three touchdowns and 220 yards in a game last year. And if he was healthy for 16 games, would be a top 20 receiver. And he's already Will Fullard us <laughs> because he had a week one good game that should have been a great game, but Deshaun Watson <laughs> underthrew a pass. And then week two, just as I was feeling all good about myself, because like he has the Will Fuller special of no targets, just no yards, ghosted. hamstring hamstring pull. <laughs> yeah, do we know it was a hamstring pull? That was never even like on an injury report. Like he could have just been cramping or something. It was reported, but you're right. He did not officially get designated with it. He was like practicing full. in full like the next day. <laughs> yeah. He could have been cramping. Oh, Maybe he had an upset Maybe they just looked around. And they're like, well, all these other receivers got hamstring pulls, so shit. It's kind of like the Randy Bullock with he the. He had calves. a bad lunch before the game. Who knows? Look, oh, okay. uh, did you know? Uh, this is completely off topic, but Usain Bolt had a McDonald's snack wrap the day he broke the record in 2008. Feels like negligence on his coach's part. He won. What I'm saying is Will Fuller should eat a snack wrap. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway. Usain Bolt is awesome, by the way. That Great guy. <laughs> dude, Will, Will Fuller is so absurd. Almost yeah. as fast. But the point is, I'm dying on this hill. Wait, didn't the Raiders try? Didn't the Raiders inquire about Usain Bolt? Oh, I, I believe that. I totally I would that. not be surprised. I, I think that's a thing. That. Yeah. He's tall, too. He's like, he's, big he's built. To, he's like Randy Moss style. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Randy Moss, he wouldn't go over the middle. But anyway, I'm dying on the Will Fuller Hill. That's what I'm trying to say here. You will find my so skeleton here. With it. Like, I'm sticking with it, like this, this scene from Pirates of the Caribbean. But as Craig moments ago was saying, this schedule for the Texans early this season was brutal. It's, the Ravens defense is really good, obviously. Steelers defense, really good, obviously. Not obvious. You know the Chiefs are allowing the least fantasy points to opposing wide receivers in the NFL? The Chiefs offense looked amazing last night. That was, I think, the biggest surprise of that game is... You is mean defense. Yes, yeah, sorry. Defense. Did I say offense? I meant defense. Yeah, yeah their defense thing. just looked really, really good. <laughs> Slight differential. Uh, but yeah, they, they looked really good. You know, they... I mean, man... They made Lamar Jackson just look bad, which yeah, it's traditionally when a team happen, so traditionally when a team is an offense as good as Kansas City, we're like, oh well, that often leads to shootouts because teams are just airing it out all the time. That's not been the case. The Chiefs' pass defense has been really good through three games. This has been a brutal stretch for the Texans, and then they got coming up. They got the Vikings this week again. We're recording this Tuesday. We don't know if that game's going to get moved, but if it doesn't, the Vikings have one of the three or four worst cornerback groups in the NFL. Yeah, that is a yeah. huge matchup for Will Fuller. They also got the Jags, Titans, Packers, a bye week, and then the Jaguars again. So, not exactly as intimidating as Ravens, Chiefs, Steelers, who might be the three best teams in the AFC. So. And Will Fuller's not hurt. He played 92% of the snaps last week. Exactly. So all the reasons still apply, and it's not rocket science. Again, it's just they played three really good teams. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. They got to get this going. So yeah, does he have fewer points than Randall Cobb so far? Yes. Am I concerned? Right? A little. God, but you know what? We're God sticking with it. it. <laughs> We're sticking really with does. it. Ignore that. Pretend I didn't say it. We're sticking with the hill. The thing is, um, is everybody who drafted Will Fuller, they're not even debating quitting him yet because the only people no. who drafted him are degenerates and they're going to stick with him. Yeah, it's like years. cigarettes. It's like, what do you want me to do? Like, stop? <laughs> no. Jeez, who do you think I am? Okay. DK, I'm bringing another person up on the hill for you right now. Okay. DJ Moore from Carolina. On the Ringer Fantasy Draft Guide, we had him 31st overall player so far. He is, is he even a top 15 receiver so far? He's exactly 15th. <laughs> no. So he is the wide receiver 28 and a half PPR right now. 89th overall. And if I'm checking my notes correctly, he is directly behind Jimmy Graham. Also behind guys like Mike <laughs> Davis him. and Miles Gaskin. Needless to say, he hasn't, you know, performed exactly how people were expecting as a, you know, second or third round receiver. So I'm sticking with him though. He's a guy. He's like a he's a die on the hill kind of guy for me. Like I just think the talent is gonna like overcome circumstances. I think we've seen, I think we've seen the worst and and the best is yet to come for DJ Moore. So, and it, it's very interesting because a lot of people are already kind of talking about how like Robbie Anderson has inherited his role as the de facto number one in this offense. And I mean, if you look at the scoring and the production, he certainly has so far. Robbie Anderson is like a top ten receiver right now. So. But I don't necessarily think that's going to kind of like continue throughout the whole season. I'm sticking with more. So he has right now a 48% air yard share with the Panthers, which is second among all receivers for Hayden Wing. So I think the production is going to follow. It's just like he has, it's just missed opportunities thus far. And as opposed to like the Odell Beckham thing, 
I think this Panthers offense is going to have to continue to like, you know, be aggressive, throw the ball a lot. You know, they're going to be trailing a lot. So I think that's a positive game script for DJ Moore. I think eventually he's going to work his way and the production is going to come right now. He actually does lead the league or he leads his team in targets. He has 26, but he has just 14 catches so far. So yeah, he's just scratching the, the, you know, he's scratching the surface of his, or the, so what is the expression? Scratching, scratching the, the surface? surface of his potential, which I have to be honest is one of those sayings I've never really understood. I said it and I was like, that doesn't sound right. But DJ, <laughs> I think this is a really even? important point because the same way that we're kind of sitting here now and we're like looking back at the preseason and saying, oh, well, we should have known X, Y, Z at this time. Obviously, we're going to be doing the same thing a month from now and saying, oh, right. We all knew the first three weeks of this season, we all kind of understand are basically preseason. These are teams figuring out for the first time their own rosters, figuring out their own players, seeing their own guys in competition for the first time. That is doubly true for the new coaching staffs. Carolina has more had sorry less continuity than any other team in the NFL swapped out their quarterback a lot of their line they swapped out I think more than half of their defense their entire coaching staff except for I think one assistant strength coach or something this was an entirely new group of people and they're already passing pretty well Teddy Bridgewater's already been playing pretty well so they're just getting their feet under them and I don't think there's any of the reasons we like DJ Moore before the season it's time to abandon ship just because he's only 12th in targets so far. It's not, it hasn't been catastrophic. He's right. not any worse. The offense is flowing. It's just a matter of eventually DJ Moore will get going. I don't see, there's no, it's, the Odell Beckham thing, you're saying there's a structural problem with this offense and it indicates an internal fear of like how good their offense could be. This is not that at all. It's just DJ Moore hasn't caught a couple touchdowns yet. Yeah. I, and honestly, that touchdown thing is like the biggest difference right now. Um, and the, the Panthers, offense right now only has two passing touchdowns i don't necessarily think they're gonna have like a shitload of passing touchdowns this season they'll be like in the you know they're not gonna be in the top 10 or something but like i think they're gonna do more than two <laughs> like right now yes. they're right now they have they are i'm just looking at the stats they're ninth in yards and and tied for 29th in passing touchdowns passing yards and passing touchdowns so i think i think those touchdowns are gonna come and I think DJ Moore is going to end up looking like a solid value that, you know, I think he's going to be the guy that we thought he was going to be. It's just going to, it just isn't coming as quickly as we we had hoped. All right, let's do a quick name game. DJ Moore or Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju, to me, was another guy that I had a huge question marks before the season, but he's proven to me that he's back. So I would stick with Juju on that one. Okay, DJ Moore I would as or... Well. I like the quarterback Cup. situation more. Cooper Cup? Ooh, that's a tough one, but I would I would probably lean Cup just a slightly. Okay, I'll give you one more. Amari Cooper? I, I would probably take DJ Moore because, well, shit. Like, the, the Cowboys offense is just ridiculous. But, <laughs> um, I got to go Cooper because of that offense. Okay. So I got I to gotta get somebody who's taking him over. Terry McLaurin? Oh, yeah, I'm going DJ Moore over that, over McLaurin. All right, so now you kind of see where he Odell. is. Odell. DJ Moore. Okay, clearly. Okay, good. Just making sure you're paying attention. All right. Let's keep rolling here with other Hill people. But first, the Ringer Fantasy Football Show is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. Week four of the NFL season is here, and we are entering our fantasy lineups on FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? No problem, because FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season with no deposit required. None. And this year, FanDuel is now offering daily snake drafts Snake drafts are the simplest way to try daily fantasy. Draft live, just like season-long fantasy, but with winners every game day. The best of seasonal drafting with DFS all in one. Here's how it works. You find a daily snake draft, you draft your team live, and the drafts start as soon as the contest fills. You and your opponents will draft six players in a six-round draft with 30 seconds per pick. And unlike other FanDuel contests, there is no salary cap. So are you guys excited for... Not have to do math. It's the one downside with it. You know, you not only you have to add up stuff, this is just who's left. You take the player, you can do it. It's quick, easy, you got a team, boom. Listen, the best part of fantasy football is drafting. And the fact that I can do it every week now just means it's getting better. Exactly. It's like, why don't they build the plane out of the black box? It's like, boom, now we've got a FanDuel <laughs> thing just made of drafting. It's an entire fantasy football sport made of just drafts. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes 
Plus, for the folks who do want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. So go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy. FanDuel, more ways to win. And today's episode is also brought to you by Heineken. Heineken would like to remind you that it's time for seasonal beers again. That's right. If you thought a cold, crisp summer Heineken was something, just wait until you taste the Heineken fall lineup. It's not a new product. It's just the same great tasting lager that is perfect for any season. Perfect in a frosted mug. DK, welcome to the Frosted Mug Club. <laughs> Thank Craig, you. Craig, how do you enjoy your Heinekens? Always in a frosted mug. Always in a frosted mug? Catch, you catch Lakers heat. This came out Wednesday. Catch Lakers heat tonight. Frosted mug? Because what is better in the heat? than a frosted Heineken. Well, nothing. <laughs> Heineken original lager is made with pure malt and their famous A yeast, which makes Heineken an all season, all the time kind of beer. So pick up a pack or get it delivered, whatever your style, and please drink responsibly. All right, let's get back to some hills. We're dragging people up. We're deciding who's going to stay, who's going to live, which one of us is going to die. Okay, DK, are there any other people that you're willing to die on a hill for or not? Any other people from the preseason that you <laughs> really believed in and now you're you're wavering just a bit? Yes, there are there are. I'm going with Cam Makers of the Rams. This one kills me, DK. Yeah, this one sucks. I would say there are some extenuating circumstances that make me uh abandon broke his hill. Rib. It's just it's 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 the hill is not very well defend it's it's indefensible at this point. It's it's too hard <laughs> it's, to defend. You've been breached. Uh, no. Yes. So basically there's a few variables that go into go into this number one he started out the year he just did not look comfortable in the offense so that was one missed opportunity i'm talking about acres and, and then number two in the second game i believe he broke his ribs and so this is an injury that he could be dealing with for a little bit of while uh, a little bit of time i mean honestly as a rookie it's just really hard he's falling behind henderson's taking the job and is really running with it at this point it feels like he's kind of um, established himself as the team's starter and 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 lead back, and, and he looks really good. So for Acres to kind of come in and take away what you know, like Henderson, who he's looked really strong, like come in and like take over. I just don't know if that's very likely anymore. You know, at least not this season. So um, yeah, I'm kind of just out on Acres. I, I was really, really excited about him prior to the year. And, and the reason being is I think the Rams, and, and we've seen that, the, the Rams are very dedicated to the run and they're a good run team and they have an awesome scheme. And we're seeing Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown reap the benefits of that. And unfortunately, just for Akers, it's just I think he's fallen way too far behind at this point. He might be, you know, might be a guy on this, in the second half of the year that gets some, gets some run. But um, to me, he's not a guy I'm, I'm looking to trade for and redraft. Do you think he's droppable? Wow. Well, it just depends on what you got, but um, he's not. I don't think he's going to be someone that you can start for probably like the next three or four weeks. Ribs is such a tough injury. I mean, it's literally a sport where you get tackled in the chest. So it's when you're a running back, it's <laughs> yeah. it's just the worst thing to try to keep someone on your team. So that's really frustrating one for K makers. I was just thinking about what we just talked about with DJ Moore. I think I might take DJ Moore over Cooper Cup. Okay, I think it changed my mind because I was think it, was it my ad reads? Was that what did it? <laughs> I was well. I was just thinking about it the entire time you're doing the ads, and I was just like, "Man, I don't know." I, I feel like the Rams again—they're so run heavy, and such they're so focused on the run. I do think that their overall offense is better, but I don't know, man. I'm still just—I I just love DJ Moore, so I think I'm going to change my answer on that one. Okay, high fits. I'm pulling up somebody to the hill for you. Oh God, be kind. It's the man we were all down on this this year, and it has certainly not panned out. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Uh, and by specifically, you're saying how I said DeAndre Hopkins would not be good. Yes. And now he's the number one receiver. <laughs> and now in he is the NFL in yards and, and catches and is like top three in fantasy. That, that, Are you going to double one. down? Are you going to double down? So, on this? do you remember in Blazing Saddles that, I mean, spoiler alert, but at the end, there's they build an abandoned town spoiler. and no one's there? Mm -hmm. That's spoiler my alert on a 30 year old movie. I, my hill is empty. I've already retreated and no one's there. And I was just wrong. I, I, you know what? So much of what we talked about with this DeAndre Hopkins thing was this is a limited offseason. 
It's going to be harder for players to adjust than ever. In normal circumstances, receivers have trouble adjusting to new teams immediately. And really, just hype hype is earlier than our expectations are too much too soon from every team, from like when Steve Nash and the Lakers to the Eagles when they had the dream team. It's football's a team where it's about gelling and you have to settle into roles, especially with timing. And we just weren't sure if DeAndre Hopkins was going to be able to integrate perfectly into this offense immediately in such a strange offseason. And he was going in the first round on Yahoo drafts. And we're like, well, what are the odds that it's going to go perfectly immediately? Well, it went perfectly immediately. <laughs> Shit so, yeah, you happened. know what? It happened. Okay. He leads the NFL receiving yards. It's basically the best beginning any receiver has ever had on a new team through three games. I both am confident in saying I don't feel bad for betting against the best start anybody's had on a new team ever (laughs) in this crazy year. But also, clearly, I was wrong because if he can do it so far, like, I'm not worried. I think that if there was a part of it we underweighted was that Bill O'Brien seems like a shitty coach, which is a bad premonition for my Will Fuller thing from earlier. But he's being used well. The offense is fun. The offense is cool. And he's he's dominant. It's it's so impressive that he's done this immediately. It's like online shopping for like a pair of jeans and they arrive and they just fit perfectly. And you're like, wow, that worked. <laughs> yes. yes, that's exactly how it is. So yeah, uh, that hill is abandoned. I'm gone. Okay, let, let's that's go fair. back to back here. Since uh, these guys are on the same team. I'm bringing Kenyon Drake up to the hill. So this one is interesting. I was not super in on Kenyon. I, I was bullish on Kenyon Drake. And I think many of us were early in the season. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the question with Kenya Drake was, well, he finished the year with like eight touchdowns and eight games on the Cardinals. Is he going to be able to do that again? We were bullish on the offense. Then he had a walking boot and I was terrified. And then last week I said that he would be a top five back. He was not, but I'm actually staying up here. I actually think that he's going to be really good and he's a great trade candidate. I would trade for Kenyon Drake for a lot of the same reasons DK was talking about DG Moore, where there's nothing structurally wrong with this team. The Cardinals offense is flowing really well. Kenyon Drake just hasn't had touchdowns. Like there's nothing wrong with Ken- he's been disappointing. Don't get me wrong. He's not a top 25 back. Like that's not bad. That's not good for someone you took in somewhere between the first and the third round. That's really bad. But he's fourth in snaps in the NFL among running backs. He's fifth in carries. He's like 10th in rushing yards. There's no problem here with his volume. It's just he, he has like one touchdown. He's tied for he has the most first downs in the NFL after Derrick Henry. He's getting the ball. It's just the Cardinals have, I think, they're 29th in goal-to-go situations. Kyler and DeAndre have been scoring from too far out. Sorry. They haven't had like a first and three, first and goal from the three-yard line yet. The second they do, I think Kenyon Drake's going to have a big game. And also, they have a really good schedule coming up. They're playing the Panthers this week, the Jets after that. And I think going forward, Pro Football Focus says that the Cardinals' rushing defenses are like the third or fourth worst slate through the rest of the year. It's just touchdowns are random. He is a lot. He's getting the ball. The offense is really good. The points are going to come. And I think Kenyon Drake's, if someone's already out on him and like, wow, why did I spend my second round pick on Kenyon Drake? I would go get him. The Cardinals quietly are, and, and this is something that happened last year too. They were quietly a really good run team. And everybody thinks about Kyler and, and you know, the, the air raid offense and, and no one thinks like, oh, that must be a really good run team, but they're a really good run team still. Um, now, Kyler factors into the run game a lot, so you kind of have to take that into account because he's such a good runner. But they're sixth in the NFL right now in rushing attempts, which is only four behind the Browns. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, we, we were saying that, well, it's the air raid, not the ground raid. Well, the impressive part of Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury as a coach so far is he hasn't just stuck to the air raid. He's been, I mean, made mm-hmm. the hallmark of a good coach. Is he is not He's doing what's best for his team and the roster around him and not just sticking to some scheme that he was successful with in the past, so. I, I think Kenyon Drake, I would go get him. Yeah, the other thing is I, and that makes Arizona such an attractive uh, fantasy target for for all of its players, not all of its players, but all its good players, is they're playing really, really fast. They're playing a lot of plays. They're sixth in the NFL in plays, actually tied for fifth with the Falcons. So they're running a ton of plays, and that gives, you know, obviously that gives fantasy players more opportunities to have to score points. And so I'm with you. I'm not ready to abandon this hill yet. I I'm think- taking this hill. Call me Napoleon. I'm taking <laughs> strategically taking this hill now that others are ta- retreating. Or what is this? Settlers of Catan? That's a lot less gold than Napoleon. It's tough. The thing that worries me, though, about Drake just to throw a little bit of cold water on this, is that he only has five catches this year. That is disappointing for sure. I'm, I'm yeah, in. and that's the big thing that like, changed from last year is you know, he was a big part of the passing game last year. Now, I think Chase Edmonds has like, really cut into his passing game work 
you know, in addition to Kyler just going crazy on the ground right now. So that's yeah, the but thing again, that worries fourth, me. He's, he's fourth in touches. So I just, I just feel like, you know what? Like, it'll be all right. Yeah. Okay. Craig, uh, you, you dragged a running back up for me. I'm going to drag one up for you. Carry on Johnson, your beloved, who this is one of the longer, <laughs> this is sneakily one of the longer love affairs on this podcast. This is, I'm, I'm very interested on uh, this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, it's funny that we've been hitting like, Kind of like big name guys, and now I'm doing carry on. Yeah, now it's well. No, this this is like five for them and one for us. This is the one for us. Yeah, this is like when Bill, Andy, and Chris did pump up the volume on the rewatchables, um, yes. <laughs> which is a good movie. Okay, so Carry On Johnson, I don't think is bad. I just don't think he's been used. I really think that's it. Last week he barely played, but you know what? Neither did DeAndre Swift. Adam Levitin tweeted the other day. Detroit used the 43rd overall pick on Carry On Johnson. <laughs> they used the 35th pick on DeAndre Swift. And they're both healthy. And in week three, Adrian Peterson got 23 touches and Carrion Johnson got four and DeAndre Swift got one. I fucking hate coaches, man. Oh Which is God. insane. The snaps through three weeks, if you look at snaps, Adrian Peterson has 79 and Carrion and DeAndre Swift both have about 60. This is, this is the banner for why Bob Quinn, their GM, is going to get fired and Matt Patricia is going to get fired, by the way. Yeah. That's malpractice. So it's not as if... DeAndre Swift is playing more than Carrion Johnson. I don't think he's necessarily playing that much better than Carrion Johnson. I just think it's Adrian Peterson, right? So my only yeah. thinking is that as the season goes on, maybe, just maybe, Matt Patricia might be stashing Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift for later on in the season, and they're just burning out Adrian Peterson while they can now. They're just using him like a cheap rug. What? Until later on in the season, Carrion, who's notoriously beat up, maybe might have a healthy stretch right, run. Let me get, as we get into the they drafted they drafted him for two years. They've seen him day in and day out for two years. Adrian Peterson shows up for like a week. They give him 20 carries in week one. And then they're like, oh, we'll just use carry on for later. Not we think AP's better than carry on. I think carry on was beat up at the start of the year. And they're like, we need, and, and DeAndre Swift's a rookie and was also hurt. And they're like, we need somebody who can like fill in and run up the middle. So you think Carrion's going to get, get healthier as the season? You think he's going to be healthier later on and then better? Yeah, I kind of do. Carry on's, you know, did you know that he's the number one? He's the number one graded pass blocking running back in the league per PFF. I did not. You know how I love pass blocking. Th there are. There I love are, a pass blocking. There running are back. reasons to believe that maybe Carryon Johnson will have a stronger second half of the season than it looks like his first half is lining up. Because I don't know. Are we going to bet eight, they're going to be giving Adrian Peterson twenty carries in Week Fifteen? I kind of don't think so. I weirdly think they could just remove Adrian Peterson and come week 14, carry on and DeAndre are doing this one-two punch thing and they're both kind of valuable flex plays or something like that. I don't think you should drop carry on Johnson. Uh, you know what? You had me with the pass blocking. You know I love the number one pass blocking running back. <laughs> you want to keep Matt just, Stafford healthy? You want to keep him up? I don't know. You got to protect Matt Stafford. All right, Craig, another running back up the hill for you, Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon's doing the same thing he did last year. And Heifetz, this is personal to you and I because we co-owned a Ringer Fantasy team last year and we traded for Joe Mixon halfway through the year and it really worked out and we went to the championship. Joe Mixon this year has sucked. <laughs> He's the running back 38 on the Bengals, right? He's behind Sony Michelle and Adrian Peterson, which ain't great, but I'm not jumping off the hill. He's getting a lot of touches. He's sixth in the league in carries. He's just not doing anything with them and he's not really catching passes because Giovanni Bernard's there too. He's getting, you know, three targets a game, which is pretty much like what he did last year. Nothing's really changing. But this is just a bet on the improvement of Joe Burrow, the improvement of the Bengals' offense, and I expect Mixon to follow suit. Last year, Mixon was the RB27 through the first three weeks of the year, and he finishes the RB11. So I expect that to continue. One specific trade that I think I would do is right now, if I had James Conner, I would sell high, trade for Joe Mixon. Wow. Dika, what do you make of this? Because I'm torn between this totally makes sense and buying alone the Bengals offense makes sense. And like, I also wonder if Joe Mixon sucks. <laughs> they just signed him to a multi-year deal. So, oh, because the Bengals, the Bengals are great evaluators of talent. Well, uh, my point is they don't think he sucks. So he's, he's going to get plenty of opportunity. I, I would, okay. In this specific scenario that Craig just brought up, I would do the same thing. James Conner? James Conner is in my freaking. Not it's not quite the ringer hate book or, or the ringer burn book or whatever, but he's he's on the list of potential ads. I just, <laughs> he's yeah. on your list of you remember the end of Billy Madison when Steve Buscemi's like crossing people <laughs> off the list. He's yeah. on that list for you. Hate well, I James love Connor. that the, James Conner is going to be the only guy in the burn book who was in the burn book because he played well. <laughs> that's what I. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, Sammy Watkins yeah. will do that too. 
So it was Sammy Watkins will make it there eventually. We should just name it the Sammy Watkins burn book. Also, I don't think Joe Mixon's bad. Come on, what are we doing here? You know, I just no. most running backs aren't bad, in my opinion. I think most running backs <laughs> are just pretty good. <laughs> I like that. I, I get what you're saying. It's just the only alternative is that the Bengals offensive, and I know the Bengals offense has been awful, but he just has been so unimpressive for he, the, his oh, entire all, career. The line's been terrible, and I know that's not a good and sign. And I know for, they, like, have, they have. They have. But yeah, I mean, he gets tackled at like they they as soon as he gets the ball, they hit him. Like it's it's not that Joe he has, he has the sixth most okay. carries this year, and let's see here, twenty he, second in yards. Would you rather have Joe Mixon or Miles Sanders? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon or Miles really? Sanders, Craig? Sure, <laughs> sure. I'd rather have Miles. Think Sanders. you want yeah. Miles Sanders there? Joe Mixon or Aaron Jones, Craig? Aaron Jones. Joe Mixon or Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb. Joe Mixon or David Johnson? Joe Mixon. It's close. That's close. Yeah, I just wanted to make you pause. Joe Mixon or Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. Although, man, Josh Jacobs has really been falling off. I would go Jacobs. But okay, I see what you're saying. The Okay, so you're still on the Joe Mixon hill. I'm sticking with Kenyon Drake. I'm, I'm, I'm attacking the <laughs> Kenyon Drake hill. I want, I want it all to myself. I have, I have fled there from the DeAndre Hopkins hill. I'm staying on the Cardinals offense. Uh, DK, you're abandoning the Cam Akers Hill and you're saying you will have probably not much starting value for a few months. DK, you're still the captain the DJ Moore Hill. I'm going to die on the Will Fuller Hill. And I'm going to do it proudly, bravely, like Braveheart, but it won't be very cool. David Johnson. I put a Braveheart reference in my column yesterday. That's kind of <laughs> oh, random. <laughs> what was the reference? Why are we talking about Braveheart all of a sudden? Because I watched oh, I the video for the 40 speeches in two minutes, and that was oh. the one that oh, yeah. started with I've been since on YouTube at midnight and watching movie clips. <laughs> no, I, I compared the 49ers to the, at the very end of Braveheart, it's like, you know, starving and outnumbered the Patriots of Scotland. I've actually never seen the, Braveheart. Won their free, seen what? The God You've never seen I've Braveheart? I've only seen the speech. I've never seen the movie. Freaking Heifetz, Holy man. crap, dude. All right, I'll watch that in Wedding Crashers. We'll do a Ringer movie club. Jesus, Here's the thing. Man. It's like, it's bad. It's bad. I should have seen it, but... You should also watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I've seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Don't believe that. How dare Dubious. you? Dubious. How, the, the, the part where they kill the pig and Sarah, Sarah Marshall is possibly the hardest I'm thing ever left. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he goes, anyway. why are you crying? You look like a giant baby. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Brand's uh, gyrations in that movie are burned into my subconscious. Anyway, okay. I have to see Wedding Crashers in Braveheart. I'll watch Sarah Marshall again. DK is is off the Odell Beckham Hill. Craig is so on the David Johnson Hill, he's seated DK to leave his anti-David Johnson Hill. And then anyone else? <laughs> I'm backing up Craig on the hill. I've been on the Gardner Minshew Hill, and I'm just going to say don't overreact to Thursday Night Football. Classic mistake. He's been playing yes. great. Thursday Night Football is yes. weird. So don't overreact. Oh, that's a good one. I'm sticking with my uh, Gardner Minshew yeah. defense. Gardner yeah. Minshew or Drew Brees? Minshew. I actually cut Brees for Gardner Minshew in the league. Wow. Yes. And it seems nuts, but I did. Nah, he's better. And he's I, friskier. He makes plays. Frisky. He runs. I have no regrets. Okay. Speaking of no regrets, and by no regrets, a lot of regrets. No bad regrets. beats. Go to bad beats for the week. Yes. I wanted to shout out someone who emailed us, Niall. It's N-I-A-L-L. I I think it's Niall. Yeah, I think so. Niall. Okay. Yeah. Niall. It's a cool name. Are we supposed to use names? Oh, protect yeah, the innocent? All right. Well, just beep it out. Last beep name. it out. Like when I'm you go back and post, <laughs> just beep I'm it not, out. Sorry, like Niall. Or something. You're in it now. You're with us, Niall. All right, Niall. All right, you're, you're here. Okay. He lost in the Keenan Allen lateral being rolled as a fumble. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is brutal. <laughs> <So> <laughs> We're sorry, Nile. That's I didn't even brutal. Think about that, dude. Oh, that, play, that play would have been so freaking amazing. It was a touchdown. Yeah, a hundred percent a touchdown. The other one I had to shout out. Uh, obviously, many people lost in the DK Metcalf because that's a. I mean, that was a eight point swing, right? Because the touchdown on the fumble. But my God, particularly, yeah. I wanted to go with Andy. <laughs> sent us an email. Andy now you're using last. Okay, names. now you're going oh, full names. <laughs> all right. Well, I just look. All right, all right beat that one out, Andy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving Craig more work right now. All right, and anonymous, anonymous person writes, I realized that there were probably thousands of people who lost their game because of DK Metcalf getting the ball punched out at the goal line, and I was one of them as I lost by 2.7 points, but it was especially painful as I was the highest scorer in my league and we won in two. 
And this play not only cost me the game, but also cost me the rare feat of being the highest scorer in the league for each of the first three weeks. The only saving grace is that we have a great twist in our league where we put $5 per week into a, quote, progressive bad beat jackpot. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) To win the jackpot, you have to be the second highest scorer for the week in our 12-team league, but lose to the team with the most points. So I got the jackpot this week of $35. We've had it grow as high as $150 a few years ago. I recommend this feature to all leagues out there. And I thought it was especially worth a mention during bad beats. Oh my God. My friends, are gonna, my friends are going to love this idea. I love that. Yeah. This is a good one. Progressive bad beat jackpot. Progressive what a name. bad beat jackpot. All right. So sorry to everyone who lost for DK. Particularly sorry to Niall for losing. How mad was Pete Carroll at DK Metcalf, you think? Well, no, it's they were so positive. And also, Russ, this to me was also a profound test of Russell Wilson's positivity because Russ just is the he's a shock of smart. He won't yell at anyone and during at any moment of any time. And I was like, I wonder if Russ was said anything mean. And I don't think he did. Said anything mean. Well, Russ is just like every cliche that there's ever been in an athlete all just became sentient. And he just I just was wondering if he was gonna snap. And he didn't. He was just like, Don't do that again. And then he caught the game when he touched down. People so. were really pissed because after that play, they showed him on the bench like a, like a few minutes later. And he was DK laughing. DK Metcalf or Russ? Metcalf. He was like oh, laughing. Really? People were like, you know, all the the old man takes like my dad texted me. He's like really mad about it. I agree with that. <laughs> he should not be laughing on the sidelines. Well, you got to get loose. And look, Crazy you, the you believe in the podcast. athlete speak yeah. of next rep. Like you forget the past short memory or and he caught the game when he touched down. So I'm going to I understand. I understand why people are mad about this. But honestly, I would way like if he's an important part of your team, like it's good that he doesn't just all of a sudden lose all of his confidence. No, but I mean, you should be. I mean, imagine like you're coaching a high school basketball game and there's one second left and you're one guy's got a wide open layup. But instead, he tries to windmill dunk and he fucking misses it. (laughs) Yeah, no. You're going to be like, it's all right, Bobby. The single most important thing about football that everyone forgets all the time is you do what your coaches tell you to do. And if his coach said, never do that again, and now put it out of your mind and get back in this game because we need you, which is basically what Russ said, then you do what they said and you go back to being how you were. And it's just that- weird that he's like having a good old time like right after that. That's all I'm saying. Look, man. If he makes this mistake again, if he makes this mistake again, then I'll get mad. I'm not mad right now. All right, it's next rep, and for us, it's next pod because this has gone on for too long. This was us. Um, you know what? I'm happy for the hills I retreated from, and I, I feel like the hills I'm going to die on will fuller. I'm going to die bravely, and I'm I'm very proud of it. <laughs> All right, you bury, bury me there in satin. It'll be great. Okay, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Please, please let me thank you one day, Will Fuller. Thank you to everyone who emailed us. RingerFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Please send us your bad beats, questions you got, fun facts, all the sort. Always will take tree questions, but anything else you got. And thank you, everyone. We'll see you guys on Friday.